live streaming is on. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is May the 9th. 2020 strong hand long-term thinking unconfiscatable bitcoin is the next bitcoin do not accept a new normal fitting in is overrated personal responsibility is a new counterculture deferral of gratification conviction defiant not compliant hello my elite friends how you doing today uh you can type in some questions it's the beyond bitcoin show but we're going to start off talking a little bit about bitcoin first of all Check out This Week in Bitcoin. It's linked to below. Vlad, Brady, and Surfer Jim were on. Surfer Jim made his debut. It's linked to below. Best freaking guest in the space I bring you every freaking Friday. So uh, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, I warned people that the unemployment report was not going to be very good. It was 14.7% unemployment, unemployment. And by the way, the federal government employee uh, employment did not drop at all in the United States. So <laughs> imagine that. Anyway, so I, I said, have a strong hand because I would not be shocked if the price of Bitcoin, it was 10,000 at the time for you fiat freaks. If the price went, uh, to, I said to 8,800, I said something like 8,000. Well, Friday, that didn't happen at all. Uh, today it happened. Now, why did it happen? It, it did not happen because of the, the jobs report at all. But I did warn you. I did warn, and I've, I've said it many, many times that uh, we'll have days that it goes up by 1,500 and we'll have an hour where it goes down by 1,500, which happened uh, earlier today, apparently. Hey, long term thinking, people. Long term thinking, having hype. It's this is, this is Bitcoin, it's turbulent, okay? And no excuse for anyone who, if anyone's freaked out right now and you watch this channel, no excuse, no excuse at all. I, I see, I even said, get ready, you know, unemployment reports coming out, 8,800 something. It doesn't matter. It'll be five digit rep. We're already in the five digit realm, dudes. Your mind is already wrapped around that. Okay. So I just wanted to say that I think the people watching this all have strong hands though, and are very excited about the having and they're going to be partying on Lagba Omer, which is Monday night. Hey, last thing, I'll, I'll talk about a, a, a Jewish subject at the very end of the show. I decided to bring something up from last week again. Okay, so uh, I always say respect the money. You know, never, never, if, if you find a penny on the ground, I found a penny on the ground, you keep that, you respect the money. It all adds up over time. You can save money, et cetera. But also it's more important, and people have forgotten this. People don't respect the money either, but respect your health. Respect your health. This is something that has been lost. Um, if you're dead, you, you can't make money, first of all. <laughs> if you're dead, you can't enjoy life, okay? Uh, you, you, if you're unhealthy, you can't enjoy life, all right? Uh, so the following that I'm going to talk about, it prevents viruses and illnesses. It, it's, it's a long-term type of plan. And people, this virus thing is on everybody's mind. and for most people of, of, a, of a reasonable age, <laughs> if you maintain a healthy lifestyle beforehand, you really shouldn't be freaking out right now. And that this is, you respect your health constantly so you don't become paranoid, delusional, hypochondriac uh, when the media starts to 
trying to scare you. All right. So most people do not have a health system at all. They can lose weight. Some people can lose weight when they're like, yeah, I'm overweight. I'm going to lose weight. But it, that's not a system. They, they, they go on a little diet, but then it ends that it's, they go back to their old lifestyle. So you've got to develop a system like I have around health. And it doesn't have to incorporate all the things that I incorporate. Okay. But it, it's got to be a constant. It, it just can't be like, well, I, I just lost some weight. So now I'm going to drink for five months. I'm going to start doing drugs again. I'm going to start eating candy again. Now that's not a system. Well, that's, that's a system of failure. That's a system of, uh, you're not healthy. You don't respect the health. So there, and there's no magic pill that keeps you healthy. All right. And there's no magic pill that's going to cure every disease out there. All right. A lot of people think that this, the issue that's going around now, there's going to be a magic pill one day and they're going to be able to fit. Don't hold your breath. It's, it's a lot better to fix yourself. Okay. Then wait away around for a magic pill or a magic injection that you know, might have some side effects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Maintenance is key. Just always remember that. So you can lose weight, but keep the weight off. Fast, exercise, sleep well, don't do drugs, don't drink, cook for yourself. All right. You avoid the poisonous restaurants. Okay. They, they, in restaurants are trying to save money and they're trying to mass produce. I see so many people during this situation where, where, where they're locked in their houses, which is not go outside, exercise, be in motion, read. Okay. That strengthens your brain. And if you don't read, then at least listen to podcasts or to YouTube videos. Not, not just, don't just sit there and drool and like, look at the pretty person, Co listening comprehension. Listen, that, that, that helps you get healthy in the head. Okay. That that's the first step. It's, it's good to be healthy in the head also. And, and physically as we've discussed here, but what I see when I'm going outside every single day on the streets of Los Angeles, uh, I, I see many people going to restaurants still, uh, and it's, you, 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 I mean, I guess you, you, maybe some people think, well, I'm supporting a restaurant. Okay. You, you financially are, but dudes, if you're, are, and some of these people are already overweight. Okay. That, that's what I'm, I'm pointing out here. I see people who are not physically in good shape going to restaurants, not a good idea. You, they are they're not trying to get you healthy. They are trying to make money, especially now. They're probably using worse oils, okay, to cook their food in. So that, that, that's just off the top of my head here. People do not respect health, do not respect their own health. And if we had more people, personal responsibility is a new counterculture, okay? It's if you're in bad physical shape, that's that was brought on you by you years and years and years. It takes to go from a, a child, a, a teenager who's in prime condition. To, to what most people become. And that's through smoking and eating horrible things. And th there really are no cheat days, people. If, if your system involves cheat days, then the cheat days up, then all of a sudden outnumber the regular days. So there it is, simple concept, respect the health. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say, made fun of me in the past. Oh, you fast, uh, you only drink water. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm laughing now, okay? <laughs> because I'm in prime shape. I've been in prime shape. This thing, I'm going to be on a plane in a few days. I don't want to wear a mask on a plane. Maybe they're going to make me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't wear a mask anywhere. Uh, I don't need to. And I don't give a darn about it <laughs> to, to tell you the truth. I mean, if I was sick, I would wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, of course, if I was sick. But uh, 
this is the whole thing is ridiculous and it's and i can be on this calm level because i respect my health i have constant and it's not just something i, I started because there was a virus you guys have been watching the show for a while i've been respecting the health for years and years and years and years so it's it's the tortoise wins the race okay it's long-term thinking. It's long-term thinking and planning it all out. Uh, people have asked me before, why do you fast? Why do you fast? And I, I say, well, you, I probably won't know until like I'm 85 if, it, if it's really extended my life or whatever it's done, whatever it's supposed to do. But that's, that's long-term thinking. And there are benefits along the way. You never know when there probably will be, you know, I plan to live a long time. We had the Spanish flu in, in 1919 or 18. And we had another a bad flu in 1968, and there p pandemics are real things. So, you know, the next uh, God willing, I live 100 more years. <laughs> There'll probably be something much worse than this, actually. Uh, so it's good to respect the health. But even if we never have anything like this again, it's it's good to respect the health so you don't have diabetes, so you don't you don't you don't have these comorbidities that are bringing people down. All right, there's ways of avoiding comorbidities. All right. I talked a lot about that more than I plan to. So any, so speaking of health though, any governor who keeps liquor stores, so play this at 2X people. You can fast forward through that if you don't want to hear that. Any governor who keeps liquor stores open and closes the state parks is lying when they claim to focus on health of their, on the health of their citizens. I agree with that. Um, how can you say, I, I'm doing this for the good of the citizens, for the health of the citizens. Uh, you you can go get you can go get pot still. You can go to the liquor store, but you can't go to the state park. It's a it's control freaks. It's it makes there's no sense. There's no logic behind uh, half of these things, ideas that are out there, and that just shows you a really simple one. Uh, another thing, this. People say to me, you shouldn't go outside. You should, if you go outside, you should wear a mask. Uh, you should be a prisoner in your home, own, own home. Why? Because I'm a hypothetical threat. Hypothetically, I could have a, a, a cold, okay? And I could spread it to people if I go outside. So indeed, uh, and, and maybe some old person's walking outside and they catch my cold and they die. So hypothetically, I'm a threat, aren't I? So do, do we live in a world where we imprison everyone who's a hypothetical threat? Because if you're a man, you're a hypothetical threat to commit violence. Men are likely to some commit violence. There's a certain percentage that commit brutal violence. So if we just locked up all men, we would save lives. We would get rid of those hypothetical threats. But that's the thing. We don't live in a world, in a country at least, where in the United States of America, it's not supposed to be a, a country where uh, – People come up with hypothetical reasons to imprison you. <laughs> All right. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. So there, there's there's a lot of ways you could be considered a hypothetical threat. And if you were locked down, lives would be safe. If everyone wasn't allowed, if everyone wasn't allowed to drive a car anymore, but lives would be saved. You're not allowed to get in your car. That's the new law. You can't get in your car because we want to prevent deaths. Yes, it, it would prevent deaths. It, again, but but where where's the freedom? Where where's the freedom anymore? Where your constant some big brother is uh, deciding who's a threat, who isn't a threat. What's what's important on the list of uh, hypothetical threats and what isn't? So we're living in a in a world right now where people are uh, valuing hypothetical threats over freedom, and it's not 
And let me tell you, it's not that big of a it's not that big of a threat. I mean, let personal response. If you're that scared, if you're scared of a hypothetical threat, then stay. You stay home. You don't imprison someone else because of a hypothetical threat. All right. So Alex Epstein, pound that like button. Alex Epstein was on the Yaron Brooks show, and he was he was talking about many different subjects. But at, at the very end, he brought up the virus, and he says, "Here's a guy on Twitter." that I like to follow, uh, who's really good about the virus. And I think he's an object, ob objectivist too, that that doesn't matter for what I'm saying. Uh, but, and his name is Daniil Gorbatenko. And of course, Yaron Brook had never heard of the guy before. I never heard of Daniil Gorbatenko either. You probably haven't either. He has 621 followers on Twitter. So why am I bringing him up right now? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one is it's listening comprehension. Alex brought him up. Yaron did not link to him below the video. I had to, I, I was curious. I wasn't just following the YouTube algorithm and, and just going to the next video afterwards. I was actually trying to learn from what was being presented in the video. So Alex presented a new source of information. And so I looked up the Neil Gorbatenko. I found his Twitter feed. I found his Medium page. I linked to them below. Um, I read his Twitter feed. I don't agree with him on everything, but he was great. He, he has some great takes on this virus. He's very logical, unemotional type of guy. Uh, I haven't had time to read his Medium post yet, but I, I linked to it below. I noticed um, he's also into cryptocurrency. That was not mentioned. And I see Giacomo Zucco follows him. That, uh, that's the only person that I follow that follows Daniel Gorbatenko. But that's still pretty good because dude only has 621 followers. He's a smart guy. So this is, I mean, this is how you use, this is how you learn. You, you, you just don't look at Yaron Brook and his nice white hair. Okay. You, you listen to what his guests say, you absorb it. Then you, you search them out. You don't go to the, the next video that's, you know, that, that's, uh, see what Susan Wojcicki says about, uh, what's cool to put on YouTube. No, you don't go to that. You don't go to the suggested video because you're, trust me, you're not going to learn too much from most of the suggested videos from the fancy sets or graphics. Or like for me, and maybe they'll say Bitcoin to a million or Bitcoin to zero. No, you don't go to those. You you actually comprehend what you watched in the video and then you, you, you go check out new people. And so that is what I've done. And I've linked to the guy. So maybe I've made it easier for you than Alex and Yaron did. I actually linked to the guy below. So you can, you can see if you'd like his takes. Um, it's always good to get more. And I, I didn't see, I saw that he was interested. It's a blockchain or something like that. I didn't see any posts about that, but I'll explore more. But I, he had some good takes from a virus. No doubt about it. He's not scared. Um, all right. Now, I, I want to say more about Yaron Brook real quick. Let me just check if there are any questions over here because we're live. Hello, everyone. Oh, we got the Australians and the British. Everybody's up in the house today. UK Bitcoin master. Um, so you, you, Kiwi bloke, you said watch the documentary Plandemic. Um, I watched, it's being, you're right. So YouTube is censoring it, the preview for it at least. So I did watch it already. Uh, the, the part that's out on uh on BitChute, and I'm on BitChute also. It's linked to below if you need to fi ever find me on BitChute. It's Bitcoin Meister on BitChute. So I watched, I believe I watched the same clip that you watched of the lady talking. And there, there's some 
there are some interesting points in it. I, I don't know if the whole thing will be totally legitimate, but but here here's the point. <laughs> YouTube constantly taking this down. It was not that outrageous of a clip, and it just makes people curious about it. Okay, and it just gives it more uh, more interest, and people are going to find it. People. So if YouTube really thinks it's that bad, I mean, why just they, they, they've gotten it much more by, by constantly taking it down. Uh, more people have become interested in it. Okay. It was trending on Twitter because YouTube was taking it down. So that's the only reason I found out about it. If it stayed up on YouTube, I might've heard about it, but I probably would never have really looked at it. And it's, it's, it's not like really that earth shattering either, but th this is the way of, of the world today. Uh, you know, Anyway, anyway, but yeah, so th thanks for bringing that up. It, it, it really wasn't, um, you know, I, I think it gets into some mass conspiracy stuff. I really don't care about the falsy, the, the, the falsy stuff. I could care less about that dude at all. Like, I don't believe he's involved in some mass conspiracy to, to sell viruses or to enrich his company. I don't think that matters at all. What matters is, is that this virus is not as serious as people are saying it is. That's all that really matters. And that, so, that hospitals are, and, and different uh, entities are saying people died of it when they really didn't die of it. And the government has incentivized hospitals to lie because they pay them more. They pay them more if a person dies on a ventilator. And that is what we should be talking about, okay? The falsy stuff, I think, again, I, I'm not putting that dude on a pedestal. If He, he's, he shouldn't be the one deciding if businesses are open or not. Okay. So he's a non-factor. I, so I don't care about any of his personal life or whatever he's done before, if he's short or whatever he is, <laughs> or the other woman, I, I, I just, I'm going to the base level here and the base level that of the people that I retweet and the people that I have shared is that there's no, there's no reason people, healthy people should not be working now. And if you're scared, stay home. That, that, that's what I care about. So that, that what I, and again, I only saw a clip from that video, but from what, it was implying, it seemed like it was going to get into some conspiratorial and I don't, you know, and, it, and I know, I do not believe this was been planned for years. No, I, I don't. I, I believe this happened. It, a, a disease, a new disease came about. That's life. It happens. It'll happen again. And the, the government's panicked. And then now there is no doubt about it that it is being politicized. There could be no doubt about it that it was being politicized. But to say like, you know, AOC has been planning it for so long and this is how she was going to introduce her Green New Deal or, or whatever made up conspiracy you want to make. No, now she's taking advantage of it now, of course. What you never, what, what did Rob Emanuel say? You, you always uh, never let a, what's never let a, never not take advantage of a bad situation. What do you say? Uh, I, I, it's late at night. It's two in the morning here in LA. Uh, never let a something slip through your finger. The, the point is, is yeah, they're taking advantage. Never let a crisis, never always take advantage of a crisis or whatever he said. So yeah, they're taking advantage of a crisis, which is a sickening thing to do. Okay. It, it's, it's a totally sickening thing to do. There people are all sorts are grabbing power because of this crisis. And the media is is milking it to make money off of the crisis. So you just have to take a step back and say it's not really a crisis. And if everyone and this is what Yaron Brook, I'm going to get to what you what Yaron Brooks said. He said he 
he doesn't like the protests, uh, you know, that, that were like going on in the Capitol in Michigan. I, I like that. I like what they did in the Capitol of Michigan. Okay. I think the government should be scared of the people. Okay. What's wrong with that? They should fear the people. They shouldn't think they, they can all of a sudden become a, a dictators and, and make up and, and go against the constitution, et cetera, et cetera. It would be great if they feared the people, but Yvonne Brooks suggested a, a, another way of protest. And I, I support this too. If all the businesses out there that are shut down, if they decide, you know, I got I got to make money. So they write a letter to the government saying, hey, I'm defying your order here. It's totally unconstitutional. I'm going back to work. And if you shut me down, I am going to sue you. And I'm willing to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, imagine if a bunch of businesses all did that. A bunch of businesses all did that. They couldn't, first of all, they couldn't stop the businesses. But at the, and at the same time, they would have received all these letters of, of potential lawsuits. And that would also make it unlikely for them to to take this, uh, it would make them more likely to step back a little bit, okay? So I like that form of protest. It could just be as simple as just let's, we're just all going back to work. But to have that backup, like to have that proof, like I, I warned the government and I said I was gonna sue them, and I am going to sue them and that they will sue them. I, th I think that's good. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of lawsuits, obviously, but uh, threatening, uh, I mean, what are, the op what are the options when the government has, uh, when there's overreach and you're you're a prisoner in your own home, what what are really the options then? There's there's one that involves violence, okay, and then there's there's peaceful means also, okay. So th there's a peaceful mean way of doing it, just going back to work and saying I'm going to sue you if you don't let me work. And then there's what the dudes in Michigan did. So you know, pick pick it, pound that like button. Moving on with this, Yaron Brook there. So you keep on protesting anyway. And simple things just by going outside, uh, that, that's great too, without the mask, et cetera, et cetera. Just there's so many people when I'm outside that are just wearing the mask and are walking around like zombies. Enjoy yourself. Run. Do, do what you did beforehand. That, that's all. Because there is no, there is, there's no, is no new normal. Continue with your, your, with your old normal. And uh, all right, and I, no to indifference. How about that? There's a lot of people that are indifferent. Don't be indifferent about that. But being indifferent is accepting the situation. Okay, they're so I don't want to. I'm just gonna go with the flow. I'm not happy about it, but I'm just gonna go with the flow. Don't be indifferent. This is not a time to be indifferent. This is you can. Everyone can do their a little bit of protest, a little bit of defiance. Now, because indifference is in the middle of compliance and, and defiance, but it really is leaning toward the uh, compliance side of things. So I'm pretty tired of the landlord scapegoating that's going out there, on out there. I think a, a, a lot of, they are small businessmen. They're not criminals, okay? Um, a lot of these protesters and, and, and liberals, or not liberals, socialists, are using this uh, to to scapegoat, to gain popularity. They have to blame someone, so blame the landlord. Say, hey, you know, the, the economy is in shambles, so don't pay your landlord and or, or go on strike. Go on strike forever against your landlords. So here's a Fox article, Landlords Fight Cancel the Rent Movement. And so I, I agree with that. And they say some are taking advantage of the crisis. Yeah, some people can still pay their rent, but they, they've heard all these, there's this new trend, blame the landlords for everything. So I can afford to pay the rent, but I just won't pay the rent. That, that's a new thing. And it's accepted now. I mean, law and order are being thrown out, thrown out, uh, thrown in the trash can, basically. 
So if the socialists and the communists get their ways and rent and mortgages are just or go offline totally, um, I mean, who is going to want to be involved in real estate? I mean, already with the threats that are going on out there with the rent strikes, potential rent strikes, I don't know who in their right mind would want to be in real estate right now. So we could have huge drops in the price of real estate. And I mean, could we have mass nationalization of real estate? Uh, I, I, I hope not. Uh, could we have, if the, a lot of these prices, if, if small time landlords are like, that's it, I'm throwing in a towel, I'm selling to anyone, there could be big conglomerates that just buy up a bunch of small time landlords and they, they make out well. Because in the long run, the people will have to pay rent eventually or someone will have to pay rent eventually. Uh, but I will tell you this, with, with the people that are protesting this, if they end up this could lead some of them to government housing, okay? They might think they're being smart right now. Like, oh, I'm ripping off the landlord. I'm ripping off. And then maybe it becomes a, a HUD house somehow. HUD takes it over. You you do not want to live in public housing, okay, dudes? You've <laughs> Have you seen public housing before? I, I, I've seen public. I have been in the Housing Authority of Baltimore City buildings, numerous Housing Authority of Baltimore City buildings, all right? it's It's not good. It's it's some scary. It can be really scary, and uh, you you do not when the government control, government doesn't do a good job with most anything. All right, limit and and with housing, you can see it right now. If you're one of those people who believe, well, oh, government could do just as good a job as the as the private private sector, you 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 compare your private landlord to housing authority of Baltimore City. Okay, you, just go ahead and do that. And most people wouldn't even once they get to the front door of the place on freaking Utah place on, on Madison Avenue, whatever the uh, uh, tulip, I forgot what the name of the darn place is even. If you go to one of those places, you probably won't even walk in the door at that point. <laughs> it, it's, it's that scary on the outside that you, what, what the heck is this? All right. So no, it, the, these people, th there are consequences. If all of a sudden all the small time landlords uh, get, get uh, kicked out. All right. State of South Dakota, you guys are going to like this one. Uh, when I start talking about the governor of South Dakota, I, I had not seen her, a video of her, because I don't watch TV, obviously. Um, but when you read a Fox News article, sometimes they play it well, all the time. They try to play a video and you have to stop it. It's so freaking annoying. That one advertisement they keep playing. Oh, anyway, so let, let me read this to you. Because this is the state of South Dakota objects to tribal checkpoints on U.S. and state highways. It's very important, that part of it. Regardless of whether those checkpoints take into consideration the safety measures recommended by the uh, state of South Dakota Department of Transportation, uh, Noam, Christy Noam, wrote in letters, she's the governor, to the leaders of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe and the Ogala Sioux Tribe. So here's the deal. The, those tribes, through their land, there's uh, state highways and there's uh, federal highways that go through their land. And I don't know where exactly how they're doing it, but they're setting up a checkpoint on the road. So, and you have to fill out something. And so they, to prove you're not sick, to prove you don't have the virus or something like that. Now, I think they, they control their land. I have no problem 
with them preventing anyone from coming to their reservation, okay? I have no problem at all. But to if they're just stopping people on the highway, that's ludicrous. Stop. Figure out another way. All right, dudes. It's not your highway. It's not. It's not. It's not your road. The, the United States built those roads. All right. That those are federal and state roads. So figure it out another way. So I, I think she's absolutely right. To if this is impeding traffic, this is ludicrous. If I'm on a highway, I don't expect to get pulled over for some. Checkpoint. Now, of course, I, I, that has happened to me in the state of Texas, and this is just as wrong. The federal government uh, can, can they can say you're at the border when you're 99 miles from the border still, and do a drug check on your car. That happened to me in Texas. That happened in 2015. The video has now been taken down by YouTube because my original channel has been taken down. Maybe I can find that video somewhere when I when I get back to Baltimore. I don't know, but I, I did document it when it when it happened back in 2015. And so I no, I don't I don't believe in any sort of checkpoints by any entity on the highway. Now, again, if the if the reservation wants wants to prevent uh, what they think are diseased people from from entering their reservation, great, they can do that. It's their own little country in the United States. I, I think it's you know what happened to them was pretty bad. Uh, but here's the deal: their reservations are the poorest part of all of America. Okay. Worse than the areas I was just telling you about in Baltimore, all right? So if these people think they're smart by preventing outsiders from coming to their reservation now, if they think that's a good idea, <laughs> they're in for a, a rude freaking awakening, okay? Now, I, and most of them are already completely dependent on the federal government. And it's a shame that 90% of the people are alcoholics there. It's really some scary stuff. I think it's 90%, isn't it? I mean, I hope that's not, it's unbelievable what, what it is. Maybe 90% of men are alcoholics on, on, on the reservation. I do not know the exact, but, but so it's their, it's their right. It's their right to keep anyone off their reservation. I, I totally agree with that. I to, and their roads. Okay. But don't do it on the, the highway. Don't do it on the U S road, figure out some other way. But dudes, uh, during these time of economic hardship, you need all the visitors you can freaking get. So I don't know what the, you're all of a sudden concerned about viruses and death and dying and 90% are alcoholics. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. So, and, and, by, and I have said many times, I respect, I respect the natives. I think that it, again, what, what happened is a shame over time. All right. It's, it's, it's a darn shame what has happened. Uh, but, but this is not helping their situation at all. Now. So Christy uh, Noam is the governor and a lot of people have ripped on her because they never had a stay at home uh, order in South Dakota, which is awesome that they never had that. So I, I looked her up before. I saw her. I linked to her Wikipedia page, and I gotta say, the, the picture on her Wikipedia page does not do her justice. Yep, I saw the Fox video with her in it. For forty-eight years old, she looks pretty darn good. Gotta say it. Gotta admit it. Any man has to admit it. For four, and there's I don't see any Botox there, and I don't see any major. Uh, facial work at all. I mean, there might be a little bit, bit of a, I, I don't know. It's not like the governor of Michigan. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, she, 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 for 48 years old, pound that like button. That's all I got to say for 48. Okay. So going back to Baltimore, Steve Hankey and uh, I forgot what Mr. Waters uh, first name is. Chris Waters. I forgot what it, they've got an article out there and, and Hankey often, he, he writes on national issues 
Uh, he's mentioned cryptocurrency before, so, so. but uh, si since Hanke is based at uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, they, these guys wrote an article about the Baltimore mayor's race, and they've had a plan for quite some time, these two dudes, to lower Baltimore's property taxes because Baltimore City's property taxes are double those of the surrounding county and more than double uh, of other counties in Maryland. It's absolutely ludicrous. So if they were to cut the property taxes, some businesses would come back. People would, would move back, all right? People without kids, most likely, but, but whatever the case may be. So I have always said for years and years, Baltimore cut the property taxes, but they can't. They won't. They refuse to. They, because they want to waste their money. Well, finally, there is a, a guy, Thiru. His first name is Thiru, who's running for mayor. And this is his big thing, to cut the property taxes. And they wrote an article supporting him. So I got to say, I don't live in Baltimore City. I can't vote in Baltimore City. I hope this dude wins uh, for the sake of Baltimore City. Uh, if he's honest and he, they really will cut property taxes, it will be good. Uh, I'm no fan of any sort of taxes. The, the, the issue now, of course, will be he can always come up with a situation like if he gets elected and say, well, we can't do this now because we spent all our money on the virus and now we have to tax people even more or something. So who knows what could come. But it's, hey, it's an interesting article. I am always been a big uh, proponent of Baltimore City <laughs> bringing its property tax rate down to that those of the surrounding counties at least. And so for those of you who are not familiar with Baltimore City, I believe the property tax is 2.16%. It's over 2%. So <laughs> after less than 50 years, you've uh, already paid much less, 40 some years, you've paid Baltimore City what you paid for your house again. All right. You paid for your house double. If they doubt, I mean, in theory, you bought your house for $200,000 and uh, they value it at two, the state of Maryland values it at $200,000 and you get taxed uh, over 2% a year. That's, it's less than 50 years. And, uh, and then that's not taking into account all the other ridiculous fees and the initial taxes you paid on the transaction. It's ridiculous. So yeah, going to 1% would, would make uh, qu quite a difference. Yes, quite quite a difference. Now, Hanky, it, it should be, there shouldn't be any property tax. All right. Now, oh, by the way, I linked to an outside video uh, of me on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, it's a funny, a funny thing happens. A, 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 a robot, go, I'll, I'll say what happens. I've described it a couple times now, but in the video linked to below, you should retweet it. I, I'm out there on the streets of LA being defiant. And one of those delivery robots that, I have that I've described here on its own goes through the background. And you can see what I, I've been talking about, these delivery robots that are on the sidewalks of LA. Now, sometimes I've seen people behind them and a, a few times I've, I've seen no one. And this is one of the times there was no one guiding this thing around. It was just driving on its, it, it wasn't being watched by anyone. It's got a camera on it. So somewhere in some office they were watching it. It's pretty cool. I mean, I was really excited when, when it happened. Uh, let's, uh, let's let me see the uh, chat real quick. Remember, you can play this at 2X, fast forward through the parts that you don't like, as I'm sure there's, there's so many different topics here. All right, we're 36 minutes in. Uh, is there still a chance that you, you'll get back your original channel like Tone Bays and BTC Benny did? I don't like to jinx anything. 
All right, you should read The Creature from Jekyll Island by Edward Griffin, a real eye. Why? I know Bill Still has described it thoroughly to me. I'm going to describe, I'm going to talk about a book that I, I'm reading. I talked about it last week. I'll talk about it at the end of the show. Some of you guys are going to get a very interesting uh, story at the end of the show. Uh, and that's Jekyll Island. It's about creating the Federal Reserve. You know, I, I just, I, for me, it's played out. The whole Federal Reserve, scapegoating the Federal Reserve. I, I'm way, I'm way beyond that because I'm in Bitcoin. I mean, I like good. The Federal, if the Federal Reserve is bad, you can end it. You can, it can continue. It can do whatever you want to do. It, it can be private, semi-private, semi-public, whatever. I'm in Bitcoin. I'm loving it, baby. I'm loving it. I'm loving turbulence. So let's talk about turbulence. We're gonna talk about Frontier Airlines in a second. Um, all right. You should run for mayor, says, uh, no, I shouldn't. Don Quixote da Flamingo says, I should run for mayor. I shouldn't. I, I, I really should. I was politics. It, it's a, a, it can be a big waste of time. And I shouldn't run for mayor. People like me who have conviction, who stand for things, it's a total waste. It, it, it's a learning experience when you're someone like me who runs for office. You learn. And you learn why you do never want to do it and don't want to be associated with these people at all. Really sincere people with conviction who stand for things, who aren't going to be trying to be crowd pleasers, they never win. They never, never win. You, you, to, to win political office, you really have to compromise some values and you really have to be a phony on a certain level. You, you don't have the attitude of fitting in is overrated. You cannot have that attitude like I have. Fitting in is overrated to win political office. And I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving that up. All right. <laughs> and the funny thing is when we're talking about all this political office thing, it's it still boggles my mind how people do not Google my name. I'll just leave it at that. All right. So uh, my friend who's watching this in Baltimore, he must have a big smile on his face too. I, I've been involved with, uh, to put it mildly, I've been involved with politics in Baltimore before. It, it's it's kind of surprising. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm glad people aren't uh, stalking me that much. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let, let's move on. Let's move on from that. Uh, so let, Frontier, Frontier Airlines. Um, flights departing May 8th through August 31st will have 18 more room seats available for passengers to choose from. Frontier, so, okay, more room seats. They, they, so basically you're gonna, there's gonna be, a, a, you're gonna have an empty middle seat next to you. You can pay more to have an empty middle seat next to you. It's a more room seat, so you, you won't get sick. So I gotta say Frontier, it's very entrepreneurial of you to try to get the screaming Karen's money this way, okay? Because you know darn well, if you're in a plane, all right, it, if there's someone sitting next to you, if there's someone not sitting next to you, if there's someone sitting in a completely different, you're gonna inhale all sorts of stuff, all sorts, even with the mask on. I mean, unless you've got a really, uh, I mean, uh, like a doc, a special doc. I don't even know what those masks are called. I know so, so little, I care so little about these masks that I know there's like the M95 and the, that one is really, it is really good, okay? One, one is really good. But dudes, 
if you're if you're just got a regular old mask on or you got your shirt around your face or whatever or you don't have a mask it doesn't matter if someone's sitting next to you or i mean it, it's the air is really getting circulated quite often you know when people get off planes they they, they caught something or, no, or another i'm sure i've caught all sorts of things from being I, i'm on lots and lots and lots of planes so i mean if you're scared about catching anything don't go don't go on a plane i mean you're, you're it, that's just the way planes are so it really doesn't make a difference if someone's sitting next to you or if they're not. And so the other thing to take into account right now, I think there's only like maybe less than 10% of the air traffic that there used to be at airports. So most likely you're going to have an empty seat next to you, no matter what you don't have to really, especially on frontier airlines, which is not a major, it's a, it's not the greatest airline in the United States. It's based in Denver, um, low cost. Uh, I'm sure they're not filled at all. And so that you might be paying for an empty seat. You might be a screaming car and make yourself feel, they're taking advantage of the, uh, and good for them, good for them. They're appealing to the hypochondriacs of the world that still have to travel. And so they're gonna be, oh, I paid the extra money for this empty seat when I would have gotten the empty seat anyway, and it's not gonna make one difference in my health. I want to say Los Angeles, without the clubs being open, without the movie studios being open, without all the creativity being open, it's not Los Angeles anymore. It, it, the virus, the people complying to the virus and following all the rules, it's just the vibe, the party vibe is gone. And it's, you know, there's some... There's some quirky things left, but it's it's the vibe is just not there. I mean, you could be this at times. This could be any city in a good. I mean, it could be Phoenix or I don't want to see. I've never really been in. I've been in the airport there, but okay. I mean, it could just be a big Tucson. I mean, that's not what LA is. It's it's pathetic how the creatives, the supposed rebels, have totally. I mean, they're all wearing masks. All the hipsters. They're not doing their hipster things. They're not going, they're not rebelling by, by opening clubs and, and painting and this and that. And you know, they're all staying home and being scared. And it's just not, I mean, you see the Hollywood sign, you see certain things, uh, but it's just not there, man. The vibe isn't there. LA is in LA now, man. I mean, and, and occasionally you'll catch something, uh, but most of the time it's just a big, uh, a big Tucson at this point. So get back, get back LA. And what was the other thing I was, I, I didn't have it written down. I something came in my head uh, when I'm when I'm talking about LA. What did I just want to say? Oh yeah, it it is a little weird. You, you guys might remember that things started shutting down uh, or being forced to shut down right around St. Patrick's Day. So sometimes when I run, and you guys should do this where you are too. M many of the places you run by have green in the windows or say St. Patrick's day sale. It's like, it, it, it's like one of those end of the world movies where, you know, Will Smith is walking around and you see what everything was like on the day the world ended. Well, imagine the world ended on St. Patrick's day. You would see all this green, green stuff in the windows. And that's what you see in some of these windows, the people who take care of the buildings, they haven't even been back in their buildings yet, I guess. And there's St. Patrick day, day sale signs and, and charms in the windows. So people should, Walk around your town, see if you see something like that. It's, it's a little weird. It doesn't freak me out because I know it's all man-made. These places didn't have to be shut down. We don't have to be. 
We don't have to be green forever here. <laughs> All right, I like this. What is this? It's an article that says, uh, oh yeah, some of the supermarkets have limits on meat purchases. So people are discovering butchers and are heading straight to farms. So I wanna say that's great that some regions or cities or states are, are allowing some farms to sell their meat directly to people. I love that, get rid of regulation. If this, if this man-made catastrophe brings about uh, some, some regulation being erased in terms of you buying stuff from farmers, I think that's awesome. I also think it's hilarious that some people are just discovering butchers now. <laughs> I mean, they're so stuck in their Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, uh, ghetto algorithm, whatever you want to say it is, uh, that they never knew, you, you know, there were these small butchers that are sometimes cheaper uh, than and better quality cuts than uh, your uh, sacred Whole Foods. So that's funny. Uh, Eric Lombroso says, and this is funny because men are just not men anymore. He says, once upon a time, Men had to risk getting devoured by wild animals every time they went to get a meal. Only real men and their families got to eat. Today, men cower in fear of an invisible threat they don't even understand while waiting for food delivery. Humanity is doomed. Well, I don't think humanity is doomed. I do think it is amazing how, how fast the world has changed, how comfortable people are, and how easily scared men are now that just a few hundred years ago, you had to go hunt your animals and maybe the animal could kill you and you might, might go without food for a little while. Now you can be scared of something that you can't see. Um, and if this, imagine this virus came about in 1832. Do you think they would have even noticed? Do you think people would have even noticed? Because there was worldwide, and it would have spread over the whole globe because there was worldwide travel then. All right, let's pick another year, 1899. 18, during the Spanish-American War, uh, because that, that that definitely time was a time of worldwide travel, okay? If, if this happened in 1899, do you think they even would have noticed? I mean, there might have been like, because people didn't even live as long then. There, there weren't as many fat people then. And so maybe there'd be, in the history books, it would be written, yeah, a few more people died that year. You, you got to understand. You got to put this in perspective. We live in a time of, of you know where we're so comfortable, where we can notice every, where we're so technologically advanced, we can notice every little disease out there. And I think it's good to be aware uh, of what diseases are out there. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I love that aspect of technology. But it, we live in this time now where you can just really lock yourself in your house, and if you've got enough money, uh, you can never come out. You can get a, a delivery. To what I just described, to, uh, an, even a non-human to deliver food to your house now on the streets of LA. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, courage is not a, a virtue anymore. We're going to get into that in a second. Uh, all right. So shout out to Elon Musk for calling. I, I linked to him on the Joe Rogan show. He did a great job on the Joe Rogan show. He, he said, I mean, he's been he wants to move his business out of California now. He thinks it's ridiculous. He thinks this this whole thing is panic is ridiculous. He was not emotional. Obviously, he's not an emotional guy. He he explained the statistics that uh, the death rate for healthy people is much lower than they were first trying to scare people about. And by the way, I still see on Twitter ridiculous people saying that the death rate is seven percent. It's so so wrong, so wrong that people people have no concept of numbers when when they when they say something like that. Um, 
All right, so Elon Musk, you're, you're awesome. It was a good time on Joe Rogan. He talked about some his brain implant ideas, his Teslas. It was a, it was a good Joe Rogan. I linked to it below. Uh, we had a flu in 1968, apparently. Uh, they didn't shut down everything for that. People, I, I don't know the, the whole entire state. There was nothing close to this. And that was a pandemic. It spread over the whole globe. Nothing, nothing like this. Nothing like this. All right, defiance versus compliance. Prager U. Okay, let's go to Prager U. Dennis Prager. He talks about how some people out there say, well, we can't go back to work until it's safe. Do you know what until it's safe means? It means never. That means never because life is never fully safe. He talks about his friends who would always say, I want to go to Israel. I want to go to Israel. And he says, well, go, go to Israel now. I've been to Israel like 18 times. And they're like, I won't go until it's safe. And that's never. It's never. Israel, for most people, they're always finding an excuse not to go. The, 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 the Arabs could do this. Oh, the Iran could do this. Uh, they could be this and that. And it's, it's ridiculous. No. It, until it's safe, it, there's no such thing. It, until it's safe means never. So when you hear all these people saying, well, we, you, you can't go back to work until it's safe. That means never. That means never. So he also says, when did being afraid become a virtue? When did being afraid become a virtue? Well, victim glorification, dude. That that's that was I was talking about victim glorification before this whole virus thing started, but you phrase it in a better way. When did being afraid become a virtue? It's a virtue for some now to be afraid. Courage is a virtue, not fear, people. Pat on that like button. And it seems like most people have forgotten courage is a virtue. Go out there, live your lives. And something that I disagree with him on, he's an older man. He's been married for many, many years. And he says that he's so glad that during his quarantine, he's not alone. You know, he's, he's with his wife. And he says that it would, be, it would be bad to be stuck alone, you know, without your, without your wife, to be alone all day during this, this time. And I got to disagree with that one. dude. I got to disagree with that. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could survive if I had a wife right now. All right. I would survive, but I would be, I'd be going crazy because a wife would not let me go out and do everything that I was doing. Uh, I would indeed be truly quarantined. Most wives, no, 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 don't go out there or go out there, wear the mask, get me the food, bring it back in. And, and, and then you're stuck. And then when you're in, when you're spending more and more time, I mean, I would find ways out. I would be like, I got to run. I got to run. Honey, all right. But still, I would end up stuck with the woman, all right, in the house and be constantly with one person. And we wouldn't be at work. We, I'd be trying to do my videos, but who knows what we'd be getting. No, I love the freedom of being alone. I think there's a lot of dudes right now that are wishing they were alone, that they didn't have this partner, that, that this is like deteriorating their relationships. So I got to disagree. I, as I'm a dude who cherishes quiet time. There are a lot of people out there, and that's the reason they get married in the first place. They're so afraid of being alone that they pick someone who's wrong for them, and then they end up losing all their money <laughs> or, or, or worse, or losing their children or losing their – who knows? Uh, now, again, I know people. It is possible that I – you know, I Adam, you could find the perfect match out there, and you would be having a blast, um, you know, being uh, – being stuck with the person in theory, that's true. I remember during a big snowstorm in, um, in Baltimore, a, uh, I was stuck with my girlfriend, um, <laughs> for uh, a, a couple days and it was freaking awesome, but it was just a couple days. Okay. And, uh, I was, we were younger and, and naive and, you know, 
Uh, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, and it was a snowstorm. It was it was it wasn't scary. It, 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 the, 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 she wasn't scared at all. I mean, th there were a lot of factors that that were not involved that that would be involved that would be there now. There wasn't you know the, the constant media saturation that can warp people's minds. And she now you know thinking of this person, she her mind could have been warped. Yeah, her mind definitely could have been warped if it was some disaster. So, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be stuck with her and for, for various reasons now. But uh, anyway, I, I think, uh, yeah, fitting in is overrated again, dudes. Uh, if, if you, like, if you're one of those dudes that fears being alone and, and fears being an outsider because you don't have a, a woman or you don't have a husband or whatever, it's, it's overrated. If, if you're doing something out of fear, it's not going to end very well. And that's, that's the funny thing. Most people are doing everything they're doing in, involved with the virus out of fear. So think of that. All right. It's not going to end very well for you. Uh, you know, you're, you've, you've shut down your business because of fear. You're going to end up in the poorhouse, dude. And I want to say that I, I, I say the phrase golden age. And I dudes, the 2020s will still be the golden age. 20 percenters. Remember the term 20 percenter. 20 percenters produce 80% of everything out there, okay? Maybe more, maybe more. So there are some 20 percenters that are definitely shut down right now, but 20 percenters won't be shut down forever. And once all the 20 percenters get back to work, there, you got 80% pr productivity at the very least. And so I think there'll be a certain point where most of the 20 percenters are back to work. 80 percenters, they can live off of welfare if they want. They can do whatever they want. It won't make that big of a difference. There still might be masses like a, a, a large chunk of the population might still be hiding and being paranoid. But if the bulk of the 20 percenters are back, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're going forward because they, they're cutting edge type of people, okay? Cutting edge type of stuff that are going to make this golden age, the 2020, 2020 such a golden age. All right, be a unique beast, as I say. Be a unique beast. Uh, let me see where we are in the show. It's running long. And we got more questions. Oh my God, 55 minutes in. Oh my God, don't worry. We're going to get this done in, in 10 minutes. Uh, oh yes, a UK Bitcoin Master says he would cherish every day spent with his lady. So there's ex an exception to the rule. Yeah, I, 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 as I said, there, there are, and Dennis Prager enjoys it too. He, he enjoys it definitely. You can, uh, there are going to be times when it's really fun to, to be stuck with someone. I mean, when, when you've been with someone for so many years and you're truly in love and you, you whatever, 30, 40, 20, 10 years of me, but there's so, you can envision a lot of ways being stuck, stuck uh, with someone where it, it's not, it's not too fun at all. But no, there, there definitely are, as I said, so, someone's going to say, Adam, you just haven't found the right lady. And maybe there, maybe there would be the right lady to be stuck with uh, during a pandemic. I don't know, but I, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely enjoying, when I think about the alternative scenarios, I'm definitely enjoying this uh, scenario because for me, I'm just living my life as I would be before. And I think with a, a female, I would not be able to continue with my past life at this point, that there would be pressure to be freaked out. Because I see these dudes with their women and they're freaked out on the streets, man. Big dudes, big dudes wearing the mask, getting out of the way when I run by. <laughs> Look, make, looking at their woman to make sure they get approval. Okay, let, let's, uh, let's go back. Let's go back. Everybody wants to talk about their... Uh, uh, ladies. All right. Now, where? Come on. Maybe I'll skip this. Yeah, I'll skip this for now. We'll just leave that for next time. 
Snitches get exposed, though. I got to talk about this. Um, in St. Louis, where I went to college, uh, someone used a sunshine law request to expose 900 St. Louis tipsters uh, on social media. Okay, People were supposed to submit tips on non-compliant businesses to the county of St. Louis. And uh, because they had created an online form uh, to, to where you could tell on people, okay? And so it, it did say in the small print that this could become public information. And so 900, they, they received 900 tips, 900 snitches, okay? And this guy says, here you go, the gallery of snitches, busybodies, and employees who rat out their neighbors and employers over the, the panic-demic. So he did something that was totally illegal. All these people told on others, uh, and he used this sunshine law to get all their names and all the information uh, that they, they sent, and he published it. So good for him. So people should learn. If, you have a, if you're a snitch, there's a price. There's a price to pay. Don't think you could just tell on someone and get away with it, all right, and, and, and try to ruin someone's business and get away with it. So props to that dude who did that. That's linked to below. I'll skip that. Uh, it feels like uh, let me let me go over the title. What was the title today? We talked about uh, snitches exposed. We talked about Elon Musk. We talked about health. All right, now we're we're, we're reaching the end of the show. Very good. And uh, I'm going to tell you about the book and about what happened after I read the book in a second. Uh, last, I want to clarify some things from last week. I talked about the weed. Uh, and these people stuck in their houses buying weed. It's and I brought up the price because some of these people are supposed to be unemployed. Okay, they should be saving money and they're buying like a hundred dollar exotic weed. And it's just it's just short term thinking. I mean, dudes, if you've lost your job and 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 you save some money here, okay, you're ha and you're having it delivered to your house. You can't even leave your house to save some money to pick it up. You're that you're 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 just becoming more and more of a a plant, and that's not very healthy. Just to be, you got to be in motion. You got to be standing, not just again standing. Standing is another thing. These people are sitting at their house, waiting for the pot to be delivered, paying all sorts of high prices for their pot, and just sitting there. That isn't solving the problem, and that is making your long term problem worse. So I, I find it ridiculous that uh, in this time where where people should be saving should be careful that they're buying luxuries, $100 luxury weed. Uh, and you know, the girl, they're, they're essential businesses. They're open. <laughs> All right. Also, de Blasio. I wanted to bring up de Blasio again last week, something I didn't get real specific. If, if Jamaicans were having a party in Brooklyn, okay, if they, and I hope Jamaicans are having a party in Brooklyn. I, I think anyone should have a party in Brooklyn. But if Jamaicans were having a party in Brooklyn and he came by to bust the Jamaicans party, okay? And then he made an announcement that said, you know, we're going to, I don't care if you're if you're a black person or if you're any race, we're going to go send the police to break up your party. That, that would not be accepted. <laughs> there would be a, a, a huge, he would never say anything like that. So that's what he, that's what he did last week with when the... Uh, when the what's the the the, uh, the Satmars the Satmar this Jewish sect was uh, having a funeral, he said he's mentioned Jewish. He said Jewish people will shut you down or whatever he said, 
Well, he could have said, you know, the Satmar shouldn't be having a funeral. I mean, if he, if he doesn't think the Jamaican should be having a party, he says this Jamaican community should not be having a party. He wouldn't say all black people were going to send police. You know, that, and that's what he did. And it's just, it's just silly. It's a, first of all, the, the, main, the main point is that uh, I'm glad he did get into that situation where he is picking on uh, uh, minorities and saying stupid things because people start to wake up and say, like, why, why are we even having this? Why, why can't someone have a funeral? Why can't someone have a party? Uh, why, why can't people do what their traditions, what their traditions dictate? Uh, and all right, so we talk about that. And finally, the last thing. So if you want to hear about the Breslev book. So I said last week I was running in the alley. I met these Hasidic Jews of the Breslev sect, and they gave me this book, Tales of Ancient Times. And I think once this video is over, I'm going to link to a video channel of theirs. And so they said, they were like, this will change your life. Um, it's, uh, you can learn so much. They're hidden meanings, et cetera, et cetera. Just read the book. And so the book is, and all it is is a bunch of stories. They're, they're basically fairy tales. They're not supposed to be real stories at all. You know, they're about a, uh, about a king and a queen, the humble king one's called, the king and the emperor, the lost princess. You know, and some of them you can even read the kids. So, okay. I decide, I told them I was going to read the book. So I start reading the book. Whatever night it was, I started re reading the book. And um, and now I'm over halfway through the book. Uh, you'll see why I continued reading, I guess. Now, what you can say, it, a lot of you are going to say it's coincidence what, what happened. So I read the book and I went to sleep. And in I had a dream. And in the dream... I was with my father. <laughs> now I've had dreams about my father since he died. Um, and most of them, <laughs> there was one that was interesting, but there was, most of them are just, it's clear that, you know, you have dreams, people appear in your dreams that have been in your life before. Sometimes I have dreams about my ex-girlfriends or people that I knew in high school. So you have people from your past come in your dreams all the time. Okay. All the time. But <laughs> in the dream. My father and I are standing by this beautiful lake. It's beautiful, and, and and we had traveled there. It was north of Baltimore. I, I knew I knew we drove on eighty three to get there, but this lake doesn't really exist up there. It doesn't really exist. So in the middle of the dream, I'm I'm with my father, and he's he's strong and young, uh, just in great shape. He's wearing a leather jacket. He looked great. He looked great, and I'm I'm standing there with him, and we're we're by the lake, and then all of a sudden. I realize it, it hits me like I, I have, I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware in the dream. It's not like a normal dream anymore. I'm aware. And I'm like, dad, dad, you know, you're here. You're here with me. You're really here. And like, he, we're so happy. He's so happy to see me. And I'm like, well, it's a dream. It's, it's real. It's real. And once you realize it's a dream, it ends, you know? And I was like, no, 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 dad, you didn't that. It didn't end. <laughs> And that was it. And I was like, no, you know, I'm awake. I'm like, no, oh, it was so intense. It was like, it's, it's difficult to explain. It, it was not, it wasn't the past. It, it, it definitely was not the past. I wasn't drudging up. It, it was, I was aware in the dream. And, he, and I came, and we were communicating for a few seconds. We were communicating. It was, it was, it was a good feeling. It was, a, <laughs> so I don't know the, the book, but that, and so then of course, 
I think it was two days later, I'm running through the alley again, and I see the guys again. I'm like, I had this dream. And they're like, oh, I, they're, they were saying, see, you see, I'll interpret your dream or whatever they, you know, whatever it was. So that, that's my interesting story of the day. <laughs> Maybe you should read the book too. I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, you can, anyone, you can interpret it any way you want to. It was a good dream. And I got to say, of all the dreams I've had with my father in, in it uh, since he's passed away, it was, it was out of this world. It, it, was, it, was, it was definitely different. It was definitely very vivid. And we were um, – it was a good feeling. He was all right. He was very – it was good to see him like that. It was very, very good to see him like that. So that's the end. It was a good dream. Enjoy life. Have good dreams. <laughs> Read the book. Pound that like button, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow, of course. Conviction. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, this Rob Meister. Subscribe to the channel and see you tomorrow, dudes. And this live stream. And yeah, don't get freaked out with the Bitcoin either, dudes. I don't need this stuff.